So today we uh, start our first Sunday of, in Advent, and this Sunday, as we approach this Sunday, is called, we're going to be calling it preparations. And preparations for what? Well, we prepare for Advent, for the time of the arrival of the child that we celebrate that was born more than 2,000 years ago, and we as a church believe that that child now obviously will return as the Savior and King forever. So today, as a Presbyterian church, as a Placentia Presbyterian church, I'd like to encourage you and all of you who are watching and uh, are with us right now uh, that you can start preparing your heart even today. You can start preparing your mind and your soul even today. Sometimes preparations are uh, things that we don't know exactly how many details that will entail, but preparation is preparations, and we have to prepare. So today, as we read the Scripture, I'd like to remind you that we are not alone, that we are with a God who cares, a God of hope, like Matt was telling us today. You know, we were lighting the candle of hope because we prepare to, for a better future. We prepare for a better life. We prepare for something different in the future. We don't know what it is, but we know that we have to prepare. So let's read the scripture from Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1 through 9 today. It says this way. Oh, that you will rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains will tremble before you. As when fire sets, tw tw twists a blaze and causes water to boil. Came down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nation to quake before you. For, for when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down. And the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sing against them, you were angry. How then can we be safe? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We, are, we, are, we all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wine our sins sweep us away. No one, no one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the, the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Yesterday, I, I invited my daughter, Victoria, to go on a bike ride. And, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be an easy ride. And it actually ended up being an easy ride somehow. But, you know, normally um, she goes to, the, uh, to do the bike ride uh, with my wife, Carolina. So 
normally she does that with her, and, and in the past I did that with my two sons, but this time around I, I wanted to go with her uh, and see how she does it. Well, one thing that I didn't expect was that she became a leader. She said, Dad, I'm going to lead the way. And I'm like, okay, wait, no, I, I am the leader. She said, no, no, I'm going to be leading the way this time. So I'm going to be riding, you're going to be riding behind me. And I'm no, no, that's not normally the way we do it. You, or maybe right next to the other. How about that? No, 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 I'm going to be leading the way. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So I have to confess that at the beginning I was a little bit worried because I didn't know how she's going to manage that. However, she was well-trained. And that's part of the, the preparation. When you are well-trained, you can face the future. Anyways, so she, she, she was leading, and I was always watching, you know, and like a parent will do, like a regular parent will do, watching, making sure she will do the right thing. And she, then we got to the park where we're supposed to go, the Tri-City Park. And then suddenly, uh, when we got there, she said, well, I need a little bit of help now, and because it was a little bit difficult to go up uh, at the beginning of the ride uh, by the park. And so, okay, I helped her, and then I thought, well, she's going to kind of calm down now, and she's, she knows there's a big park and, and all that. Well, no, she started running even faster, and I'm like, okay, I got to do this with, with her. Hey, slow down, slow down. No, 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 we don't have to slow down. It's, this is fine. So we went through the ride. And one thing that was important to me, I knew she was now, I knew she was totally prepared, obviously, because she was doing everything. She was leading the way, and I was following. And I know I also knew how to ride a bike, but I was more worried about, the, about her safety than about the riding, until I realized, hey, if she's prepared, why would I worry? I just have to do the right thing be right next to her, do what I have to do, and now I didn't expect her to know many things around that park that I already also know because I walk sometimes around that place. And so what was interesting to me was that as I realized that she was prepared, I relaxed. And I think preparations are important because you can feel a little bit more relaxed when you know that you have done what you have to do. When you know that you have to, you already worry about the things that you are not supposed to be worried later. When you already make the way into the, the things that you want to accomplish. And so that is an important thing that we're going to hear today. We are waiting before a loving and faithful God. And when we start with that thought in mind, we know who is leading the ride. It's important to know who is leading this ride, who is leading this journey. And so we wait before a loving and faithful God. And when you read this text with me this morning, Isaiah 64, verse 1 through 9, you realize that this is actually a prayer. These people here are praying to God. And verse, in chapter 63 is actually the beginning of that prayer, and these people are almost about to leave the land of their captivity and go back to the promised land. And they are worried. They are concerned. They don't know how to, how to do that because they have never done it. Few of them already have been there before, but most of them have never been to the promised land. Although they knew about the promised land, they heard about the promised land, they were taught about the promised land, you know, they're, they're, they're Parents told them about that, but ne they never been there before. Like us. We don't know. We've never been in, uh, into the future that we are looking forward to find or to 
um, embrace. We don't know about that future. We have certain ideas about, about that future, but we don't know exactly. And so these people are praying. The prophet is praying with them. And the first thing that he's saying, the prophet, is we are in pain. Why? Where they were in pain because they have to leave this, this um, country into which they, were, they have been living for many years. They have been there for years and years. And now, and that was already a comfortable country for them, but now they, uh, they are told that they need to go back. They need to go back to the promised land, to the dream that their forefathers and mothers uh, drummed. So they, they were dreaming to a new future or for a new future, but they, didn't, they, were no, they were unsure, so they were in pain. They knew that they were free now. Free for what? Free for what? Well, they were free to go back to the promised land, but they were worried because they didn't know how to do that. And I know most of us don't know how to go to that future that we are anticipating, how to embrace the new reality that we all are speaking about without even knowing what that is really all about. And we are in pain. When we don't know, we feel some pain. And they were in pain. They were saying, God, where are you? Can you do the same thing that you did for our ancestors? God, can you come down like you did for the uh, Israelites that were in Egypt? God, can you actually come down and, and show us the way like you did with Moses and Aaron and Mary? Can you do that again? We long for that certainty that our ancestor, ancestors had, to, which actually they didn't have any certainty. They were also struggling with their own futures. We look back and we think that, you know, Washington and his friends, had a, they understood better. No, they didn't. They were trying to figure it out too. They were trying to understand what is it to be, what is it, how is it, what is it that they need to do, and how is it that they're going to make it into the future. So we look back and we think, Oh, they, they, they knew, they, you know, these great historical figures, we thought, we think that they knew. They didn't. They were also trying to figure it out. They were also were trying to deal with their own realities, their own circumstances. And now when we look back, we think they knew they didn't. They had an idea. They had an insight. They had some tools, some resources for, the, uh, you know, according to their own, their own realities, like we do these days. But they didn't know better than do, that we know. We all have to face our own futures. We all have to fa face our own uncertainties. We all have to go through the, through the ride, hoping that someone is prepared. Well, trusting, actually, that you have prepared, that we have prepared as much as you could, as much as we could. So we wait in pain. Because, yes, there is hope. There is hope. But there is also pain. Also the pain that they will go to a promised land and their ancestors, some of their relatives, will not make it to that promised land. And that we feel the same. We feel that we are looking into this future and we worry and we wonder if some of our family members will make it too. 
Some of our friends will make it too. Some of our neighbors will make it too. If some of our uh, church people will make it too, we worry about that. So we wait, we wait in pain. But we also realize the uncert- that uncertainty doesn't have the final word, the final word in the world. And then we come to a place where we confront, unser- our, confront ourselves with our own sinfulness. If you notice by the reading, they were hoping for a better future, but they also have to come to terms with their present. And what happened to them was they were so into being the chosen people that they forgot that they were sinners. They were so into becoming that people that will travel back to the promised land that they forgot that they were humans. They were so busy with the the new realities that they forgot that they have pending business in the present. And then the prophet said, Lord, we realize that we do have hope in, in the midst of the pains that we are going through, but we also have a greater uh, trouble in our lives, and that is the sin that we, we, we haven't come to terms with. And so he starts confessing, and he starts saying, we have done wrong, we have done, uh, we have done bad things, we have done really bad things. And he compared himself to really um, unclean things that he mentioned there. He says, we are really unclean. It goes all the way back to Isaiah 6, where the prophet realizes that he actually was uh, a man with uh, unclean lips, and he dwelled among people with unclean lips. Not only unclean lips, but unclean hearts. And they, now they realize at this point, before going to the promised land, before going back to the future, so to speak, <laughs> um, they needed to face their present. And part of their presence where they were confronted with sin, unconfessed, they have pending business. So the prophets start confessing, and he says something like, we are unclean and we need your forgiveness, God. During these times of transition, they realized, like I said, came to terms with their own sinfulness. They knew that they were a chosen people, but they also discovered that they were no better than their oppressors. In the past, they were entertaining themselves with the idea that they were better than their oppressors. You know when you are suffering and somebody is inflicting pain in your life, you think that they are worse than you. But you know what? We all can do bad things. We all can do evil, super evil things. We just have to be careful to be so confident that we can't. Because we could. And this realized, realized that they were doing things uh, that they, need, they needed to change their lives. That they were doing things that they, are, they were not supposed to do that they were actually maybe planning things that they were not supposed to plan. And then now they confess and they say, Lord, forgive us. We need your help. We, the, the greatest preparation that we need to have is to have clean hearts, clean minds, clean conscience, clean souls. How do we do that? 
Well, then he moved, the prophet and his people moved forward into the greatest thing that they can do. They also wait. They wait in pain. They wait in confession. But also, they wait in love. I'd like to repeat for you and for me, verse 8 and 9, it says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, verse 7. But then verse 8 says, Yet you, Lord, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And then the prophet says, Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Look at that. It's, it's amazing how the prophet and the people there says, Lord, you are our father. You are the potter. And then at the end he says, we are all your people. All are your people. So, I, it's amazing because now they understand that they were planning their own future without the God, the Father. Without the God who brings everything uh, to, uh, to fruition, actually. The God that the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The God of all beginnings. They realized that they need to go back to that relationship with God. They were so um, uh, into themselves that they forgot the God who created them. They were actually, you know, calling on, God, uh, on God's name. They were praising God, and they were doing everything that people who claim to be uh, believers uh, do. But they forgot the actual relationship that they have to have with God. And they realized that they were not able to, to make themselves ready for the future unless God will prepare them for that future. And they say, you are our father. And it's amazing because, you know, when Jesus gave us the, the, you know, the most beautiful prayer that he gave us, which is the Lord's Prayer, you know, he, according to the rabbinical tradition, Jesus could have chosen anything uh, from those prayers that were, you know, crafted before him. And he has different options for, to name God. He, he had options like king, protector, you know, sustainer, and all these names available to him. And he, only, he also had the word Abba, Father, for, for him. And he chose that word. To craft the, Lord, the Lord's Prayer. In, in Espanol, we call it the Padre Nuestro, our Father. You know what? It's interesting that Jesus claims that relationship with God as a something, as a family. It's not just a kingdom. It's a family too. You know, sometimes when you think about a kingdom, you think, you think about something so big that you get lost in translation, basically. But when you think about a family, you can't get lost. You go back to your, your father and mother. You know who your father and mother normally is. Your, your grandparents, your siblings, your, you know, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles. You know who your family is. And now the prophet realized that he needed to go back to his family. And how do you do that? Well, you start by going back to your parents. 
And this one, Father the Creator, the God the Creator, he claims that he said, God, we forgot that we were, we were formed by your love. And we come back to you. Please reshape us. Please, you are the potter. And I believe that this is a time where you and I have to remember where we belong. More than ever, people in, during this time are their desire, a longing for, to be part of a family, to be part of a group. To be, you know why? People are risk, risking their own lives to get connected in person because they are longing mightily that connection of a family where we were created to be part of a group. Remember, when God created Aaron, according to the story in Genesis, is the Bible says that he was so, you know, surrounded by many animals and plants, and he was not content. He was not happy until God created a family for him, Eve, and then children, and then the rest. We need a family. We need friends. We need brothers and sisters. And overall, we need that God that is part of a greater family that we have. So the prophet says, hey, we need you, Father. We need you, Potter. Please come back to us. I think this is a perfect preparation for Advent. We are in great need of God's actions upon our lives, family, upon our families and the world. Like never before, we feel that need that I was speaking about, to be connected. And this text today is telling us, yes, we do have a promise to go back to the promised land. Yes, we do have a promise that somehow we will make it into the future. Yes, we do have a promise that somehow we will make it. But more than anything, the best preparation is to come back to the family. The best preparation is to embrace the Father that we had, that we have, had and have, which is God, the Creator. So today, don't get lost. Come back to the family. We do have, we do have somebody who really cares mightily for us. That is the potter. That is the good shepherd. That is God who is waiting for us like the father of the prodigal son who was always waiting, waiting because he knew that somehow the preparations that he made into his son's heart will somehow come back and bring him back to home, back home. And I believe that you and I, brother and sister, have been prepared for this time somehow the, the seeds of the gospel that were planted in our lives prior to this pandemic are the, actually part of the preparations that we needed in order to face this hard reality and come back once again to family. Because, yeah, in family, we experience pain. We have to confess. We have to come to terms. But we also are loved. We come back to that loving place, which is God. So let's pray today, and let's come back together.
God, thank you. Because you are a good father. The potter, the shepherd, the creator, the one who cares, the one actually leading the ride, the most prepared one. And we want to embrace you today. Please forgive us when we forget that we are your children more than anything on earth. We are your children. You are our father. You are our potter, the one who shape us and reshape us and prepare us for the future. Today, we recognize, we are, we recognize that we are in pain too. But we know that we are not alone because your love is enough for us to continue to move forward into the uncertain future and yet certain because it's in your hands. We pray all these things, asking for those who are still struggling to be embraced by your love and by your grace and by your loving heart. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people say, Amen.